With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Utah, part of the Torn by Sports and Blog Talk Radio Networks. Providing unbiased opinions to all things Utah football and basketball. Welcome to this edition of the Utah Podcast. As always, I'm Grant, and joining me today is Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? I'm, I'm doing as good as you can be after... Uh after last week's football performance, but uh, I hate you know, Friday night games. <laughs> I hate them. I'm, I mean, we can't win a game on Friday night. Hopefully, we have none next year. But uh, no, I'm doing okay. Uh, I had a couple couple days to let digest and and uh, feeling a lot better than I was Saturday and Sunday. Let's say. How about you? Uh, I when you bring up last Friday, I, I don't know how much talking I'm going to be able to. Uh, do and not be depressed or pissed off or one of the two um there was a lot of hype obviously going into last friday's game and a lot on the line and a lot of confidence i mean when you're a six and a half point favorite on a neutral site that's pretty uh pretty good odds and nothing happened but uh don't worry, we're going to talk about the game a little bit later, but let's get into some more positive things, some awards, some recruiting, some other news, um, and then we can get into the Pac-12 title game that was. So we will be doing, we're going to do our quick hitters, some schedule review. Um, there's a lot of awards that this football team has won, so that's what we're talking about. We'll uh, go over some of the recent recruiting commitments that we've seen. Uh, and then start reviewing the Pac-12 title game that was, and then remind everyone that there is this other major sports program called Running Youth Basketball, and uh, they're pretty fun to watch. And we got to talk a little bit about the uh, beating of the team of the volleyball team, our volleyball school from down south. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but nonetheless, let's get into the schedule. So, the uh, gymnastics has their Red Rock preview this week. I believe it's uh, Friday at 7 p.m. So you've got, uh, if you want to go see the Red Rocks, should be a good team again this year. Volleyball. Rank number five in the preseason poll. Just saw that. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, rightfully so. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised either way that they, I mean, they, they, look, they are bringing in some really elite gymnasts. Um, their recruiting classes the last couple of years, I know you guys are really deep into gymnastics <laughs> recruiting, but they have been pretty awesome nonetheless. Um, volleyball continues the NCAA tournament at uh, against Stanford at Stanford, so uh, that's also Friday night. Um, track and field is up in Boise. Uh, that sucks for them. I wouldn't want to be in Boise running. Uh, women's basketball is playing Nevada. Uh, men's basketball is playing Weaver State on Saturday as part of the Beehive, what is it called? Beehive Classic. Um, if uh, volleyball wins, they also have another matchup. Women's basketball has got Providence and then far from now something worth looking forward to um in vegas the running youths take on kentucky so uh some good stuff coming up on the schedule definitely a lot of basketball if you are a basketball fan obviously but uh so let's talk about some awards in case you have been living under a rock 
Um, Kyle Winningham won Pac-12 Coach of the Year, so that was a, a good time. one for him. Uh, and I know he gets a nice little bonus off of that. That uh, I m- imagine might be bigger sure than a lot of be. people's sh- uh, bigger than a lot of people's annual salaries. Yeah. So um, he uh, Zach Moss won Offensive Player of the Year. So kudos to him. Um, I mean, well deserved, really. Yep. Um, so let's get in the the you know all conference teams. The Utes were all over the place here. So this is the first team all conference. Darren Paulo, Zach Moss, Tyler Huntley, Julian Blackman, Bradley and I, Lecky Fotu, Jalen Johnson, Francis Bernard. Like, to, I mean, almost dominating the whole conference first team. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. impressive. Um, second team, Brant Keithy and John Penicini's there. And then honorable mention, uh, Terrell Burgess, Javon Guidry, Devin Lloyd, Nick Ford, Simi Muala. Mika Tafua and Orlando Umana. And here's the crazy thing is like a lot of these guys are going on, right? Like that most of the guys in the first team are moving on. Their seniors are going into the NFL. A ton of these guys are coming back next year too. So uh, still plenty to be excited about in that front. Yeah, it's uh, it was good to see um, some recognition to Utah for the, you know, I know we feel slighted a couple times for defensive player of the year over past years. And this year, for goodness sake. And this year, I mean, Weaver's a great player, but he, I mean, it's all tackle based. There's, there's nothing else in there that says he impacts the game and it's just their scheme on how they do it. Not to say he's not a good player, but I think there was many other considerations that should have been. Yeah. There are other players that should have been. Vote on something so, besides tackle count. Yeah. For goodness That's sake. That's looking at stats and, and voting. Um, there's a lot of other people who had much higher impact on Utah and off Utah. Um, oh, for sure. The Oregon for State's sure. linebacker was had a hell of a season too. So yeah, um, yeah. There's, anyways, so it's good. And who would have thought that we get offensive player of the year in this conference before we ever got a defensive player a year? Who would have thought that? Yeah, right? right? Like that's crazy. crazy, absolutely crazy. Offensive player of the year came from the University of Utah. So as much as, look, kudos to Zach. I mean, the dude's yeah. insane. He's going to be in the NFL. Um, also, kudos to Ludwig, who realized what he had and didn't have some crazy iPhone offense and just handed the ball off and let Zach go to work a ton no. this season. And apparently, I mean, he still has opportunities to beat the single-season record for rushing yards and touchdowns uh, if he plays in the bowl game, which we can talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah, uh, yeah so kind of crazy. Um the Utes also got the uh, Pac-12 Player of the Week in basketball with Timmy Allen last week, so that was pretty awesome. That is. Um, and other news, the volleyball team swept in straight sets BYU's volleyball team um, it, to get to the Sweet 16 in the National NCAA Tournament. In Provo, uh, crazy. Yeah, in Provo. Uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. I, I, I watched we, the last set. I, I watched two of the three, but it was like, I mean, look, when you're depressed watching <laughs> football and you're like, honestly, I was like, look, the volleyball team is supposed to be really good. I'm going to turn this on. Hopefully I can see the youths win yeah. and it can lift my spirits a little bit because ultimately I, yeah, Friday night was, was so bad. So I'll, bad. I'll tell you this. <clears throat> We're not going to talk a lot about volleyball or, you know, main, we'll focus on the main sports, but as a Utah fan, a lot of people will ask me like, I'll have our, you know, I'll have the game on or something like that, or a different game, like a volleyball game on, or, or even gymnastics. 
I will watch anything Utah related and I'll enjoy it. I hate baseball. I'll watch Utah's baseball. Like I'll really? watch them. I won't I don't necessarily go okay. to the games. But if it's on TV, I'll watch it. Huh. It's just the way I'm I'm programmed. So like yeah, if Utah volleyball is playing, whatever it could be, lacrosse. I don't I don't even know what the hell the hell you do anything in lacrosse. It's but hockey on a field. Yeah, I mean, I, but I don't know the right? basic rules and what. But oh, I don't yeah. watch it. You know what I mean? Like, because it's a Utah affiliate. Hey, call out so. to lacrosse fans. Come teach Jeff and I, I, might, I what I in the world lacrosse it. is. We need some some education there. I'd love to watch it. It is the school's second year with the lacrosse yeah, team. So, and my understanding is they weren't horrible their first year. So, I think there were uh, some surprises from but, my understanding, I guess. So. But yeah, we don't understand much. So come educate us, lacrosse fans, at Grant TBS or at Utah Podcast. Um, the other news that came out of football um, was Morgan Scally got extended. Um, a quote unquote long term adjustment to his contract. Um, clearly signing that he's pro- he is most likely the head coach of the future when. Um, Mr. Whittingham decides to call it quits. Uh, I don't know. I, how do you feel about this move? I love it. You know, I love securing him down. Um, there's a lot of people who, who had interest in him and will have interest in him. And, and, uh, he's just the guy, like he's been here for so long and he's just the guy that's, that's, that's going to carry over what Utah's done um, you know, if you if you hire someone outside for that potential head coach, it could be really good, but you don't know, and you don't know who they're going to bring in. You don't know what kind of culture you're going to bring. This guy's been a Utah guy his whole life, and so I love it. I think it's it's the, the best bet for the program as a whole. And uh, I don't know. I don't. Did you watch his 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 speech at the Broyles Award? I've not seen the speech. I've seen people say they were yeah. ready to run through walls for him in different things about it, but I haven't. It's five minutes long, and it's it's so good. And so, yeah, just watching that, man, I mean, I can't wait to see when. You know, obviously, obviously, I want to have Kyle Whittingham go out on when he wants to go out, but I'm ready for, for Morgan when he's ready to, to t- step in and when Kyle's ready to step down. I, I Morgan is, is the perfect guy for the job, so I'm excited for him. Well-deserved. Yeah, no, and I'm I look. I am of the opinion that if you have somebody in house that you know is darn good, you don't try to go elsewhere, right? Any any business that I'm aware of, at least the businesses I've been in, if you have a really talented analyst or whomever it is, you're not going to let that person go because you're like, oh, let them go experience, get more experience elsewhere, right? Because they don't come back. Not in the business world, and I really don't know how much they come back in the football field. I mean, Ludwig coming back is kind of like a rare situation. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's intriguing because I, I wonder what Ludwig's aspirations are. Like, if he does what he did this year with in continual years with the offense, like that'll be one heck of a resume in him yeah. himself. But uh, let's let's cross that one when we get there, I guess. But. Uh, so the other news is the Utes did not slide to the Holiday Bowl or some other bowl game. They made it to the Alamo Bowl, which honestly I'm kind of tempted to go to. Uh, haven't been to San Antonio in a long time in that area. Uh, it's a beautiful area. I have family down there too, so free lodging for me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, not not bad. I'm just glad they didn't slide like they did last year. Yeah, I, I'm so happy about it. There, I mean, the the Alamo Bowl Twitter handles sent out a tweet in the morning before, and we were waiting to figure out where they're going to go. And they said, 
It's going to start with it starts with you, and they have a one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And so people automatically assumed it was Utah, and then they, they someone tweeted it out, and, and Elmo came back and said, "No, USC begins with you, and they also have a good quarterback." Which I was like, oh, he's one of the nation's best, but yeah, not nation's best. I, you know, Come I'm on, kind dude. of worried because the blue blood, right? They 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 yeah, taking sure. the blue bloods and, and whatnot. Um, this I have some thoughts, and I'm going to lay it out here. I kind of told you before, but I have some thoughts that, that that I mean, I'm sure some people share, maybe some people don't. The the bowl system is really flawed. Um, the fact that Utah was the only conference champion that was penalized for losing is bogus. Now, I understand the Pac-12 was the only team or the only conference that did not get – or the only Power 5 conference to not get someone into the playoff. And by virtue of that, people get bumped up, right? You know, if, if Oregon would have took care of business against Arizona State, we'd be saying Oregon's in the playoff and Utah would be in the Rose Bowl and everything would have been – it would have worked out, Right. Yeah, I think the red zone media market team is also wishing that would have happened at this point. Yes. Did you see that? No. They tweeted out pictures of... Uh, oh, the uh, red zone. Yes, I did see yeah. that. Sorry. <laughs> I had to take me to see yes. Yeah, they saw tweeted out Rose Bowl shirts, which was awesome. Yes. Really enjoyed that. Oh, great. Way to rub salt right, right in the wound. So, no, but I, so I understand that. But my problem is, is you look at it. Georgia, they got slaughtered. By Clemson, or sorry, LSU. LSU. Yeah. By LSU, and they dropped one spot. And as they said on the selection show, there was consideration between them and Oregon for that final playoff spot. They got slaughtered by the team they would have faced again in the first round. And they thought they talked about putting them in there. Are you are you kidding me? Like, what? Why? Why was Georgia not penalized? I get LSU is a good team, but they got slaughtered. And they were thinking, hey, maybe we should see this again on the 28th of December. Let's put these two teams back at it again and see if something changes. Are yeah. you kidding me? Ridiculous. Virginia totally got uh, by Don't even get me started on that. They didn't drop one spot. And I, if my if my understanding is correct, if they would have dropped out of the top 25, that would have opened another New Year's Six bull slot. I, I read that somewhere. I don't know if that's 100% correct. Nonetheless, let me just say this. I, fine, Clemson's in the playoff. And they've they, look. They're the defending champs, so obviously they're a good football team. But the ACC sucks, yeah. like bad. And I'm Horrible. a Virginia Tech. I look. I'm originally from Virginia. I still cheer for Virginia Tech, and the ACC is horrible. Yeah, and and so how that happened, I have no idea. So that goes to my next point. Utah, because of where they got positioned in the in the polls, they did not get a New Year's Six bowl. They did not get the Cotton Bowl versus Memphis. I have two things. I think there should be a top fifteen requirement for either a group of five team, a non, or a, yeah, group of five team. The top ranked group of five teams should not automatically be put in unless they are a top fifteen team. I think it should be even more, but just because I know people won't go for it, I'll say top fifteen. With that being said, as well, a non championship loser should not be able to get into a New Year's Six Bowl unless they have a top fifteen ranking. No one wants to see. 24 Virginia against Florida. No one wants to see that. Florida's going to crush Virginia. Yeah. Sorry, Bronco. I, no, no one wants to see that. Yeah, agreed. So there should be some of those stipulations in there. So You know, how, how far have you come, though? Like, 
pre-Pac-12, there's no way in hell you would be saying that. I, I, You'd I be like, be, no, 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 it should be the best G5 school, no matter what, should have their shot at their one game. That's what you would have been saying. I don't know if I'd say to that extent. Oh, I, yeah. I, I do agree <clears throat> that we, you know, Utah fans have, have changed their opinion. Yeah. The I totally get that. <laughs> but I don't, you know, I think it should be top 15. You know, Utah, uh, okay. when they were in there, they were, they were what? Both highly ranked teams. Like, I don't want to see. Oh, I mean, Utah got disrespected, honestly, those two, the 08 and 04 teams. I mean, they should have. And they were highly ranked. Yeah. yeah. The problem is, too, with this committee is that they would, would at that point, would we start seeing them just throw Memphis up to 15th just because that's what the rules stipulate? Or they probably would. Not. I wouldn't have been surprised. So that's why I would like to see. The top four is 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 they they argue about it right they get they get it everyone on board I think I don't I'm not sure I think the rest of it is they do the same thing I would like to see outside of the top four or five or whatever it is I'd like to see every you know just similar to the AP poll they put in their votes and it's the average it averages out so that you don't see that you don't see someone throwing in the fifteen just to get them in to qualify for the top fifteen to be in the New Year's Six bowl yeah I mean. Ultimately, before all the bowl game fixes and those prereqs and everything, let's freaking expand the playoff to at least six teams. Well, that's a whole Because, yeah. I mean, that's really what needs to happen is they need to get to a a playoff where all of the conference title winners are in the playoffs. Like, they should be. I mean, I'm sorry. The, the fact in – we were going to – I had this scheduled to be talking about But the fact that the Pac-12 destroys itself by playing nine games and then Oregon finds a way – wins gets through those nine games and wins the conference title, like that should count for something. And it doesn't. Yeah. It, it just it just makes the Pac-12 look worse because you're playing conference opponents. Those are tougher games where upsets are generally going to happen. They're not going to happen in your pansy – if you schedule a pansy and non-conference schedule versus you play Oregon State, right? Yeah. There's a higher likelihood that Oregon State's going to pull off that win than some – FCS school or, or yeah, whatever yeah. whatever it is you would schedule instead. Like think of all the SEC schools and their pansy, the pansy. I, I shouldn't say pansy. The guaranteed win they schedule in at November. in November, right? Like, yeah. come on. When is the Pac-12 going to learn and stop kicking itself and schedule eight games as a conference? And yeah, you know what that means? They don't play each other as often, right? The yeah. South wouldn't play the North as often. But you know what? That's fine. Guess what? I bet everyone will be okay with it when their athletic department's splitting a lot more money because the Pac-12 looks better and, get in the, and gets in the playoff. Yeah, and I, I don't want to go off too far because I, I do want to have I have one finishing statement. Um, but to that point, I can't remember where the tweet I saw, but it said something like Georgia only plays was it, LSU twice in the span of 25 years in, the, in going up until 2025 or 2030. I could be wrong, but there it was. It was something to that degree because of how they have fourteen teams over there in the SEC, and they play eight conference games. So, yeah, I mean, how does that happen? But before we go to that, because I know I want to discuss that, I just want to say, I think Utah got screwed out of the New York Six Bowl. However, the New York Six Bowl, I'm not, I'm, I'm pissed off that they got screwed out of, was the Orange Bowl to go up against Florida. I don't. I would rather Utah. Playing the Alamo Bowl against a granted a seven and five Texas team than I would to go watch them play Memphis, who is ranked seventeenth or wherever they are, in the Cotton Bowl. Like that game doesn't excite me at all. 
I'd rather go play a blue blood conference or team that has year in year out one of the best recruiting classes and have another opportunity to go against them. I think that game is ten times better, and that's why I'm actually okay with the Alamo Bowl in Texas. I think it would be awesome. Yeah, seven and five Texas is isn't great, but they also had a couple close losses. A close loss to Oklahoma, close loss to LSU. You know that would have changed their season a little bit, and they were in injury riddle. So, well, it's it's not bad for recruiting either to be in Texas. No. Not at all. Especially with some of the recent news about some of the players that we've been going after with Texas recruiting ties. But that that was my rant. I, I, I think people were pissed about Texas being the – I'm okay. I would rather it be the road, or the Alamo Bowl against Texas than I would the Cotton Bowl. I Granted, I know you get more money in the New Year's Six, but I don't care about Memphis. They're, their coach is out the door. He's going to Florida State anyways. I don't know why they're going to – you know, how they're yeah, going to respond. You're, you're totally it doesn't right excite there. me yeah. one bit. So yeah. I'm excited. I just wish that Virginia should have had belongs nowhere in the conversation, and that should be Utah and Florida in the Orange Bowl playing, and that would be a whole other story. That's where I think Utah got screwed, and that is my my little rant, per se, on this. So I don't know. It was a long one. I, you guys probably tuned out, but that's that's how I'm feeling, and uh, and uh, it, they, they got to tweak these bowl systems because it's, it's, I think it's it's flawed. All right. Well, we'll see. I, I look. It took them long enough to get a four-team playoff, so to change anything will will not be happening anytime soon, in my opinion. But nonetheless, there is some recruiting news to go over. Um, so Jack Bentley, the um, grad transfer from South Carolina, quarterback, is coming to the University of Utah. Uh, the QB battle for next year is going to be an uh, interesting one, right? I mean, you got Shelley who has already got game time experience in, at Utah. You got Cam Rising, you've got uh Bentley now and then was it Powell? I'm yeah. trying to remember the kid, the Baylor I transfer. Think he has a city year, but not oh, sure. True. True, true, good point. But spring game this year, if all those guys are enrolled before, should be really fun. Yeah. I'm excited to watch the spring game already. Just to see what we have. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of weird to say, honestly. Right. You're looking forward to dude. We got another football I game. Understand. Get focused. I understand, but I'm already looking uh, forward to next year. Another uh, another kid that signed was uh, Kenzel Lawler, who's a cornerback, and then uh, a big get in Texas, who was apparently, um, I think he had already committed to Texas at one he point. Still has him as a commit um, 247, but that's but no longer the according case. to his Instagram. Uh, Ty Jordan is coming to uh, the University of Utah, and he's the, I think I read somewhere, the 11th overall back um, in the country in this in, his, in that recruiting class. So a uh, pretty big get there. Yep, huge get. I love what they've been able to do. A little slow in the recruiting in the beginning part of the year, and now things are starting to, to flip over. And I think uh, next week is National Signing Day, so we should probably see a couple more, I'd imagine, here in the next uh, few days. And, and uh, Utah's... Starting to turn their foot on this on this recruiting, and, and some of these guys they've been getting have been really really good gets. So exciting yeah. stuff. Early Christmas for Utah fans. What's up? I think uh, early signing day is the 18th, if I remember right. Um, so, all right, let's let's do our game review here since we we are a Utah podcast, uh, and we should probably talk about the Pac-12 title game and what actually happened. Um, you know, talking about it last week, I said that it. It's cliche to say it's going to come down to the battle in the trenches, but it actually came down to the battle in the trenches this time. <laughs> yeah, it, it was totally cliche to say, but Oregon dominated both 
both sides of the trenches, both their offensive line and their defensive line one. And yeah, really, sure. that I think that's the difference in the game. Like Tyler Huntley had no time to throw. They yep. had no holes for Nothing. Zach Moss. It, was, it reminded me of the USC game. Although the one thing that was frustrating to me was I don't feel like the Utes tried to mix it up at all, right? You're not yeah. getting – right, so they, they were pro- – I, I can't remember if I remember – exactly if it was bracket coverage or whatnot. But nonetheless, they were double-teaming Brant Keithy to make sure he didn't touch the ball in the passing game. Well, why didn't we try to run it with him? I mean, yeah, it's worked. He, it's worked. Let's at least throw it. Like, yes, they would have seen what was happening. They probably would have had a good shot at stopping that play, especially with how well their defensive line played. But at least it would have been another wrinkle. I felt yeah. like the only running game there, it was Zach Moss up the middle, which was, you know, according – to other people, what was probably Oregon's weakness was to try to run it through the through the middle, but that wasn't working. And they didn't go away with, with it, with the exception of a couple Tyler Huntley runs in the beginning of the second half. I feel like that was a little adjustment they did to try to give Zach some space, but it didn't work all that well. Yeah, I was disappointed. I thought, um, you know, Ludwig's been great all year. I don't want to criticize him or or Scaler, any of these guys, I think they've been really good. However, I thought with it being the conference championship game, I thought for sure we were going to see the playbook kind of open up. We're going to see maybe some more gadget plays, things to just get things going. Instead, you know, we're doing the same old stuff. We don't try to run Keithy, which has worked the last two games. At least try it and see what happens. And we talked sure. about what you can do off of that fly sweep. You can install some of that, those wrinkles to it as well. Um, I was really disappointed. I was disappointed by – I thought Utah all year had done a really good job of, of um, making adjustments, both offensively and defensively, and I don't feel like we saw that in this game. Like, usually we see them score really early on, and then it's like they don't do anything the rest of the game because the defense makes that adjustment. And and I, I it, it seemed like it was missing in that game. So that was that was really – Disappointing to say the least. That I thought, and maybe they just were shocked. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was really shocking to see that they did not make those adjustments. At least to my eye, to my eye, I'm not a professional coach or anything like that matters. So, but to my eye, it looked like adjustments weren't quite made. I mean, for me, defensively, I thought the youths were fine. I mean, yeah, Oregon scored another late touchdown or whatever and pushed it up into what they're kind of what they've been averaging all year, which is in that 35, 36 point range. But otherwise, the defense was holding, and in the second in the second um, half, they were gaining momentum. So momentum, even with having lost Blackman and then losing Hubert as well, yeah. the defense was all right. They were it, okay. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't costing them the game. What cost the Utes the game, though, was that the offense could not produce anything. And then after missing on so many freaking fourth downs, they continued to try to do the same thing every down. It was like, um, Tyler can sneak it. That's a possibility. Just saying. Brant Keithy on the, the fly sweep. That's a possibility. Dixon on the fly sweep, also a possibility. Or even a play-action pass, for goodness sake, on third and fourth. Third or fourth down short. Like, they didn't – I felt like there was no variability or unpredictability in their game calls with third and fourth down specifically. And that's where I feel the Utes lost the game. I mean – it's kind of like a Captain Obvious kind of statement, right? I mean, especially when they didn't – was it fourth and four and they didn't go for it? 
and then the next, like, and they punted it. But the time before that, they were on the forty and did. I maybe I'm mixing up my yeah, my drive schedule, saying, but yeah. it's like like by the end of the game, it just it made no sense what was going on. And part of me wonders, like, the players were clearly dejected, and heck, we were all dejected watching that game. Yeah. And how much did, of that got into the coaching staff as well, right? Like, I don't know, but there was no variability or unpredictability yeah. of the offense, especially when it came to those third and fourth downs and short. There was nothing. And that was, and I and I'm glad you brought that up. I want you know that's something I wanted to, to mention is I was super disappointed in that. Um, where we tried the same plays fourth and short, and it wasn't working. Like like you said, try a play action. Give let's try a, a rollout option. You know we've seen the option work really well this year. It would work really well. Heck, especially in the second half, Tyler ran it specifically like three or four plays and gotten yards. So now Oregon's de- off defense now has to adjust. Right? Okay, yeah. it's not just Zach. All of a sudden, you run an option out there, and they got to pick one of the two. One of the two. And rarely do they pick both. Yeah, there's no way they pick both. Yeah. Right? And like, at least I I could not predict that that would happen. At least, but that that wasn't even a play call. Or I mean. An option with the shovel pass. We saw that at least once this year where they run the option and it was a shovel pass. Didn't really work, but at least throw that in there. You remember how it was he, in there? Oh, yeah. Utah he, used to do that with Alex Smith. They'd run the option and then he'd, he'd, he'd shovel, shovel forward. forward. Yeah. It gives you that's that's three options keep, pitch, yeah. shovel. Like, yeah. give your give your team a, you know, a couple opportunities that, to be. That wasn't even there. I mean, the other part is I felt early in the game that Huntley was trying to do a little too much. Yeah, he um, was definitely. And when he gets like the Huntley of old a little bit. Yeah, and when he gets like that, you 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 might call that play, but you know Tyler's going to keep it. And look, this is not a by no means am I going to bash Tyler Huntley. Kid's no, been I mean, amazing. He was the only he's we had a chance. He's the number. No, there's a reason he's first team All yeah. Pac-12. He's the number one quarterback in the yeah. Pac-12, and that it's not close in my opinion. No. And the stats, I'm pretty sure, will back me up. It's like so. The, nothing to disappoint, but I against, saw it was, that. It was because he had no time. Like, he gets like that. The time he gets like that is when he feels pressure, and he had no time. And he just had to. He, he knew he had to come back, and he, and so that's when he, his feet get a little happy, and he doesn't step up in the pocket like he has all year because the pocket's not there. It's all collapsing on him. Yeah, no, and yeah, it was, it was frustrating. All right, so the one last thing to kind of talk about with this game was – the um, no calls on what were two potential targeting penalties. Yeah. And, let, and let's clear this first. I, by no means are we going to sit here and say that that would have changed the outcome of the game. We don't, it does, we don't think it's going to do that. But the first targeting that they called on the field and then reviewed and took away just happened to be the guy who was probably, I don't know if it was, like, he was probably the defensive player of the game for, Oregon. Like, oh, hands he was down. all over the place. Not, even, hits not even close. An interception. Yep. Not to mention the other guy who threw an interception, or the other guy who picked off Tyler Huntley, Troy Guy. He was a result of another targeting that was missed. That was, I thought, more blatant and more obvious than the than the first one. And it's just well, super frustrating. Here's what here's what was frustrating to me. And, I mean, hashtag Pac-12 refs all over again, right? Like, I remember last year when Lucky Fotu got called, and it was it stood – that he committed targeting yeah, on the when, yeah, it was like the, one of the most ridiculous targeting. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then you have 
the Breezeman, I can't I think it was his name. I can't remember. But uh I'm trying to forget as much as I can about that game. But the uh targeting, like it was helmet, straight to helmet, like it was very to me clear targeting. And even the rules guy that ESPN brought in said, Yeah, that that looks like targeting. And then you add into the fact that this year it was added that if they call targeting, it has to be confirmed. Like if they're if the review booth is up there and they say yeah, I think it stands. I could go either way. Then they're really not supposed to change the call. Yeah, it's... it's supposed to stay start targeting, but they changed it, right? I just can't see how they changed it. Yeah. That's where I get I get yeah. a little frustrated. Granted, like you said, these targeting calls aren't going to change that. They didn't change no. Utah's issues. That Look, they had. Utah's issues were much beyond a couple targeting calls. Granted. Maybe that series goes on a little longer because yeah, I was super yards, early right? in the game. Yards and I, yeah, maybe the chains keep moving. Who knows? Right. You never know how it may have changed it. But, look, the youths came out and they got dazed. They took that heavyweight punch to the jaw and they were dazed the rest of the game. Yeah. There was a little bit of a fight in the second half, and then, but it was, it was, it was one gone score real quick. Fourth and great, shout out to Oregon. I mean, Oregon, they came to play, and this was the Oregon team we had seen in previous weeks before the Arizona State game. Um, and I thought they were a good team, and that's why you know I wish they could have took care of business in Arizona against Arizona State because then we have an opportunity, you know, if these results stand to see Arizona or see Oregon in the playoff and see what they can do. This, yeah. that Oregon team would have been really good and would be a tough matchup for an LSU. I I wholeheartedly believe that. So just as disappointing for both sides that they didn't handle their side of the business. Yeah, as long as that was the Oregon team that showed up because the last yeah. couple of weeks before yeah. this they have not been. Um, the greatest. Um, so here's the final question to wrap up football talk until the bowl game gets here. Um, was this season successful or not? And how does the Pac-12 title game change your view on that? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I, I feel like if you would have told me before the year that Utah's going to go 11-2 and two and uh, they're going to be highly ranked and they're going to lose in the Pac-12 championship game. Oh, took it. Not even not even looking at who the opponent is, right? Like you throw okay. the fact that it could be a highly ranked Oregon team, you know, or Washington, whatever it would have been. I would have took it because that's. I don't think I, I don't think any of us really because that's a great it. season. That is a great season. Yeah, it's it's super disappointing the way it ended, especially that game how it played. It wasn't necessarily like a close game lost on the last second field goal. It was disappointing because they didn't look anything like they had looked all year. Right. But to say the least, that's a good to go eleven and two on the year is is hard to do. And you, you know, no one in the Pac-12 has gone undefeated in the Pac-12 era as far as in conference. And right. Oregon almost did it this year. But yeah, I I would have took it. And so I, I try to take it with that in mind. Is hey, if you would have told me before the year, I would have totally took that. Now. Obviously, it hurts. It stings because what could have been, like we talked about, it could have been a Rose Bowl, whether we won or lost, because of how what have you know with Oregon being up there. But yeah, I, I for me, I would take it. I think it was a successful. It was a disappointed yes, but it's still successful. I can't say it. successful. I don't know if that's how you feel or not. But well, I, look, it, you can't 
look at that record and think of the records that have been broken and how well this team has played and not call it a successful season. Uh, I, I've heard people say that they would go to bat for this team. I think the broadcast agrees with this to some extent, has said they go to bat for this team to be the best Utah team ever. And, look, if you can't finish, you're not the best team ever. Yeah. Like, you I have yeah. you, you have two seasons in 04 and 08 where they finished, right? They did what was expected, and they beat people, and then they finished it. That counts for something versus what this team did. What is this team great? Hands down, yeah. no yeah. doubt. Best but, best team they've had in the Pac-12 era. Yeah, for sure. But you got to finish, and that's that's just where I'm at. Um, all right, let's talk some basketball. Let's do it. We're both basketball guys. We're running low on time, but we got to at least mention that uh, the Utes last week, the night we recorded our episode. Then that night they play BYU and come storming back yeah. and win. Um, I I watched uh, most of the second half. I I'm coaching my son's junior jazz team, so you know got my priorities. So I couldn't be at the watch that whole game. Uh, but Ryland Jones, man, let me just say from look, I I love playing basketball. I'm a shooter. I shoot a ton. Missing does not shake me, right? I will just keep shooting. For Ryland Jones to have a go-ahead layup and break it off the rim yeah. and then come back the next offensive possession and hit the three from deep, from deep to tie it, like that takes some something yeah. that a lot of people don't have. And I don't know that I would have been able to take that. I would like it would have I, been in my head. I I totally would have been in my head. And so for him to be able to do that, like kudos to freaking Ryland Jones. Like the dude's insane. You know what I love about this is is this this was kind of BYU's thing. Like right, like you they haven't been able to beat Utah in football, and so they've kind of relied on basketball to be their thing that they that they can claim over Utah. And we all as Utah fans, we kind of thought. Utah's probably going to chalk up this one for a loss. Next year's, you know, the recruiting class we have coming in, they're going to they're going to start taking it over. And then Utah still did it with Yoli Childs, who came back. Grant, he is a stud, but Yoli Childs came back, shot the ball lights out, had an amazing game, and then Utah still was able to grasp it from them with this team full of freshmen and sophomores, where it's all upperclassmen for BYU, and then. It, it was that was the sweetest part for me just to, you know this was their thing and we just ripped it right from them and 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 now they are you know then they result of women's oh yeah women's bubble and we come and take that away from them as well this is it's been a great week for for, for that standpoint true from there for that standpoint it yeah. has been a great week i mean look it was a, a look, timmy allen this that's the thing this team is fun to watch Right. They're if you throw out your expectations and like I've been saying, just enjoy the ride, enjoy the roller coaster. There's going to be some awesome highs and beating BYU coming from behind the way in which they did it going to overtime. Like that was fun. Yeah. You if you haven't watched the running youths, you got to watch them. Go watch them. Enjoy this team, yes, they're going to make a bunch of stupid mistakes because they're freshmen and sophomores, yeah. but it's also going to be fun to watch. And honestly, they play a pretty fun brand of basketball yeah, to watch anyway. So just play. yeah, so look, tune in. We, I haven't adjusted my expectations. I literally have none except for top half of the Pac-12. That's what I'm expecting, and and that's just based historically on what Chris Kobiak's teams have done. But let's let's just see what happens. 
just, after this just Saturday, enjoy the ride. It's going to get really tough. They oh, yeah. got they got a lot of tough games coming up, and so we'll really see what this team is made of. But just enjoy it. Like they're going to win. They might win one or two of these games that we're not expected to, and then they might go and turn around and lose to a team that they shouldn't. But it's fun, and it's fun basketball, and and it just gives you a preview of what this team is going to be. I think in the future, and I know I know, Kostovia Caters, that you've heard that before, but. Just get used to it. It's a different day and age. There's transfer portals real. It's going to happen. You're going to lose some players. It's going to happen. But as long as we keep that main core of players, it's going to be fun to watch for years to come. And I'm excited to keep talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, obviously, our show is not going anywhere. We are going to be talking some running youth basketball. We'll talk other sports, obviously, throughout the offseason. And, and I'm dead serious. If I can get someone to come in here and teach us how to play lacrosse, we will art, learn about lacrosse and understand it. We will air that as an episode so everyone else can jump on the lacrosse bandwagon as that program gets uh, established. Uh, well, uh, until next time, go Utes. Go Utes. Thanks for listening to You Talk. Brought to you by the Torn by Sports and Blog Talk Radio Networks. Find us on Twitter at You Talk Podcast or email at utalk at gmail.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.